Hello there, and welcome to Creatives in Conversation, a podcast series created by myself, visionary artist Roberto Pichau. In this podcast, I'll be speaking with artist Stuart Mel Wilson. experience having gone to uh, Goldsmiths University yeah. uh, and kind of revealing a little bit about that experience um, but then you're also starting to talk a little bit about you know your own work um, as well as like the support work that you were doing also. yeah yeah um, um, yeah well if I talk about my experience at Goldsmiths uh, it was more the kind of we're saying about like in university I did go to Goldsmiths for the badge um, I don't really and it does work um, a lot of people have listened to it, so I probably wouldn't have because of that badge. But I was more kind of making the point that it really doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Like, once you're out and being an artist, um, it's kind of like hard work. It's about sending the applications off. I think that's exactly what I said. Send the applications off, have the conversations. Don't burn, burn bridges and just, like, play the game a little bit. That's what I was kind of saying with the Goldsmiths kind of thing, but was also talking about my experience there and saying about I had a lush studio, probably the nicest studio of my life. Um, but yeah, that was like 10 years ago now. So I moved back up. I, I practiced as an artist in London for probably five years after university uh, before moving back up, up here. And I had, I had less success down there. I, I put on a lot of shows, um, but my work was a lot flatter. Um, it was very much like just the wall-based kind of stuff, like similar to this, but you wouldn't be talking about like this, this kind of language. It was very much contained in that kind of art way of it being like, it wasn't on a canvas, but it was it was still on plasterboard, but it was like a flat piece. Um, can you, can you quickly describe just what we're seeing, just for anyone yeah. who's just listening? Uh, in the background, um, this was a residency I did with Gas Contemporary. I think they closed down now in South Shields, um, no North Shields. About three years ago, I think, and I did this live in a window um, of the shop in, in the shopping mall, and I was kind of did that because I wanted to talk about the craft of drawing because people don't really think of like drawing as a craft, and I kind of did find that interest, but also more so found massively interested in talking about labour and like portraying labour in the work, and I always tried to emulate some kind of grandeur in my artwork. And I don't think my drawing is grand or anything like that, but like, that's one of the reasons I do big work. Um, it's because I want to kind of mimic that that mastery. I want to I want to portray artwork as having that that pedestal that it used to have that it doesn't really have. And um, this piece really does fit in really well with that because the kind of central theme around all of it. I mean, I call it Poff after um, plenty of fish. Um, a day and that like, that don't think's very well well used today, but that's like. That's the kind of jokes I that, and I always like to make work funny. But um, and that was like the idea of the infinity and the shark doing it, like this efficiency. But it was really t- kind of talking about the internet and actually how we we digest art, um, and how immediate art is. And but like that was why I was comparing it to something like Plenty of Fish, or something that you can, or like Tinder today, um, or something that you just swipe and forget about. And like I'm on Instagram, like the the endless loop of artwork that you're just sitting there and liking. Um, and even though I do do that, and I think Instagram's a brilliant way of advertising, 
and it was one of the ways that ways I actually got noticed and got my first couple of shows. Um, it, it isn't the artwork itself, or it isn't to me. It can be to somebody else. It can be if, if, if somebody and I know like the RCA now doing a degree in like and doing artwork online and doing like kind of social media kind of high end side of things. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so it was kind of talking about that immediacy, like how we're living in an age that artwork. And I think even since the five years, really, like artwork is kind of throwaway. Um, and it doesn't need to be, and I don't want it to be. And I kind of wanted to have that importance. So, like, that's why it's so big, grand, large. That's why I talk about things like labor, because that's like getting anyone to be able to come up to this and go, that is art. And that's weird, but that's like a concept even way back, like the days of Goldsmiths. So that was one of the things I was kind of mulling over then. And I guess, like, my kind of predictions about how things would go forward have went probably more than I even thought. So, like, I thought art was quite throwaway then. It's so much more now, especially with Instagram. Um, so that is why it's like the infinity symbol and the short chasing it. Again, I love humour and I always think artwork. I always think satire, if you're going to do any kind of satire, um, do it with humour because people are listening to you. Because if you're just going to go straight in and slap them with a face of an opinion, you're going to be like a preacher, and what do most people do when they get preached at? Their backs go up. So I always think humour is the best way. Plus as well, I, I never want to be like telling people what to do. So I think it's like with humour you can kind of suggest stuff and like make people think. And I think that's that's the role of the artwork. Um, it's never going to change the world, but you can still talk about stuff and that's still really important. Um, like to just open up a conversation. That's massively important. Um, that's the peace process without something like this. This is that grand. But that is like how grand art can be. Um, and if we look for our world today, I mean, really, one of the other things, I know this is going like boom, way over there, um, but like artwork really does, like, it's one of the one things that really states us as human beings on, the, on this planet. I mean, that you've got, um, we keep history, and how do we keep history? We keep history through art. I mean, like, people really don't get that relationship, but it is that massive. Like, today, you might think you do it with books and other stuff, but generally, we do it through art. Um, and I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about the arts, like not just fine art, like photography, dance, um, literature, all these things, like that is our history and that's how rich it is. And like the fact that we, us apes, can think outside and project ourselves out into the world and create like, this, this visual language or this other kind of language. Um, and that's why I think it's so special and that's why like I've set myself this mammoth task that's really bigger than me as an artist to do. And that's why I'm, I like, like, I feel like I need to be humble. That's where I'm going full circle. So like, if you're going to set yourself up with like a mammoth task like that, you can't be shouting at people because you're going to get nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that is kind of this piece. So it sounds a lot like you're, you're thinking about engagement with yeah. people that you, yeah. you want to reach out to. Yeah. Um, you, know, you mentioned about the, the preacher aspect, but um, something that you did mention about this piece for, for anybody who's listening, um, is that it's, it's a mixture of obviously a lot of fish moving around uh, in an infinity circle and then you've got a shark, but then you've also got speech bubbles yeah. and words, yeah. and that's when you talk about the humour. So yeah, yeah. it's actually using a voice there. Yeah. The, yeah. the um, it's weird to say that, that's like going, going back again, that's like before I started kind of set up with like this concept, of, um, somebody told us that artists only have one concept in their life, and I was like, nah. 
I have like different concepts every single week. Um, my work also changes as well, and I quite like. I work in a chaotic manner, um, so my work isn't really planned. Like um, I started doing the show, and then I was like, "Ugh, I need something else in it." And I was like, "The beer ball," and then there's all these things. And I think like um, I think that's part of my dyslexia because I've learned a lot about dyslexia. And the dyslexic brain works very, very differently. Like we pull information all together at once, like, and that's why we get things muddled up. Um, but we can attach two forms of information quite easily together. Um, so something like internet and equation, you can, and then tie it together to make like some kind of language in your own way. And that comes quite naturally for people who are dyslexic. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that point. No, I think it's it's fascinating what you're saying because um, I know you said that. Yeah, you were quite chaotic. With yeah. But instantly, I thought when you then describe me start with the shark and you respond to yeah. that, it sounds to me, and it's something that I've said to, to realize, so very intuitive. Yeah. So you've, you've started with something and there's been a feeling yeah. of, of needing to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you've kind of gone with it and it's it's almost dialectic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I'm totally agreeing because, like, it does strike us as being something dialectic and like I always talk about our way of like language, I always do it. Um and I think anyone who doesn't is a little bit naive on their own practice because um it's not just crafting, especially if you want to be getting into fine art. I mean I understand that um everyone can be an artist and those kind of things, but if you want your stuff to be seen in the gallery and all those kind of things, you've got to understand that it is talking to people, whether or not you want it to or not. Um and like you can control that language and like yeah, you have to take some responsibility. A lot of artists don't, uh, a lot of confessional artists don't, but I won't mention any of the big people in that, but like, there is the, the kind of social responsibility with that. Um, but yeah, and the dyslexic thing, and that came really early on, and that is where the quote came, literally came from. Um, I, I wrote my dissertations at university on language theory around like, um, and about, one of them was actually, was, was about like, it was just messy about, and it kind of spurred a lot of my thinking on quite a lot, but it was about children's books and the, the nature between the um, the words on the bottom of a page and the picture and which one had authority and it was like kind of talking about um, the kind of juxtaposed between the two different forms of language and which one means more and which one means less and it was like we, well words are very literal words say what something is but that limits like the potential of something and these kind of things all this kind of, kind of language thing because I don't think I struggle with language I think my approach to language with being dyslexic um, is different to other people's. I have a different relationship to it. You can hear I can articulate myself quite well. Um, but if you read my stuff, I, 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 grammar, my grammar can be really terrible. And I have to, when I send applications out, a lot of them are terrible because my dyslexia. But um, I can articulate my words and everything like that really well. So I, that's why I've got a massive interest in the language as well. So like when I was saying before about uh, themes, and like concepts, it kind of runs parallel. I've got this kind of overall art thing going on, and then I've got this kind of concept about language and how you tie them in. Um, a lot of the time, the art quotes, and I think this one, um, I think both of the quotes, I know that one definitely is. Well, that's the title. So, um, what, what, what does that say? Um, <clears throat> Born but everywhere in chains, and it comes from um, Jacques Rochery, uh, Jackie Rochery. I think I've pronounced he's a French guy who wrote before the French Revolution oh. and he wrote the social contract. 
Um, and anyone who wants to understand the world we live in probably needs that. I point people towards it all the time. And it's not so much of a book. It was written by somebody who was was middle class. And it is like, it kind of, it isn't Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine wrote this, like, The Rights of Man. And it, did, it was, was for the everyday man. This book really wasn't, but it did spill on the French Revolution. And it did change the kind of way. But it lay out in stone. Um, all these kind of contracts and negotiations we have with leadership and government, which we don't really think about in everyday life, but it's it's there. Like it's there. Like the way you walk around, the, the way you behave, the reasons why, and and to understand like a contract. I always talk about that. Like, um, like it is a contract. It's an agreement. So you've got the right to pull again one way or another, but you have to understand it as being that, and that's why I think it's called a social contract, and that's why it's in there. Cause it's kind of yeah, understand where you fit in it. Again, like I'm saying about concepts, I think my work's about everything at once, like, and I just I don't really dictate yeah. where it's yeah. going to go, and I just go with it. It sounds yeah. like you you are pulling in a lot, yeah, um, and then like you were saying, projecting. I don't really realize it, and then like. And then I do that, these kind of things. And these things, I do these things at any chance I get because I love talking about my work and not because I'm arrogant or anything like that, but because it really formulates my thinking about my own work. Um, and like, yeah, I think it's an important part of your process. And if, if writing isn't your thing, mm. talking about your work can really, can really cement it in. So, no, yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying there about processing the thoughts, I, yeah. I think it's a powerful thing to just uh, have, a, have a space to just. Uh, let, the, let the thoughts come out in whatever way that we can. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come back at what you were saying about the social contract and the yeah. government stuff. I was just, I was just, you know, we don't have to go into this topic at all, but it just seems so appropriate for the time that we're living. Yeah, yeah, moment. totally. Um, we're, 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 you know, our, our lives are being, um, you know, the restrictions come yeah, in all yeah. the time. And, well, and why? And how we yeah. get on with stuff. Yeah. I um, just thought it was, it was really... Well, it, last year, um, I don't think I've seen a, such an agreement to do something. And I do agree with it because the, I'm not, not going to say COVID doesn't exist or any of that kind of stuff because it, it clearly does. And uh, people were getting very sick of it. So, But it is a very, very good demonstration of that. We will go along with this extreme measure of staying in our houses. Like this, you, couldn't, you couldn't do that. You couldn't. But they did do it and we all went along with it. Um, it's, it's one of the funny things. Like, like When I see people who rebel against like, it's like, but you stayed in your house for months, but now you're deciding to rebel. Like, you stayed in your house, not for months, for about a year. You stayed in your house and you went around your block, you went out once a day. Um, that's Orwell, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, so yeah, I do get that point. Um, it's, it's a fascinating time, and I, I feel like um, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways that this whole yeah. chapter in history will be critically analysed. Yeah. It's just on the psychological level, on the political level, uh, it's on the legal level. Yeah. There's just so many... You couldn't, you couldn't get it. Yeah. A huge part, which when, when you're talking about you know, the, the connection to, to, to that book and yeah. the French Revolution, yeah. um, I just... I'm we do live in an age where, like, yeah, things could go. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't over the last couple of years. And especially... I shouldn't say it because I'm obviously going with my political alignment and I know it's going to. But um, oh, I hate Boris Johnson. I hate this, this government. It's not even just a Tory government. It's the, the worst. And this is before COVID happened. It's the worst government I think I've ever seen in my lifetime of this. And that, I'm, I'm lucky I was 
I missed the Thatcher years, but I actually think what they get away with, this government, I don't even think Thatcher got away with. Like, they're changing leaderships, they're changing laws, and, like, it, it really does seem like that they have broken our social contract. They really do seem like it's went, it's swung off far too one way. But again, I didn't want to really talk about my political life. I'd try to fence it on an artwork because um, if you go too heavy with your political ideas, uh, you chase people away. So, yeah. yeah, I think, I think you know, there definitely needs to be a level of restraint in terms of yeah. what you do and don't give. Um, I, I completely understand the whole idea of, you know, don't say too much in terms of uh, what, what the approach looks like and um, it sounds very much to me like you've really had a think about what is the way to kind of um, to capture someone's attention yeah. in, a, you know, in a receptive, open-minded manner. You if I was, yeah, yeah. If, if I was, but it, it's not just that, like, again, like, um, I'm the, the most confident I am in my whole being is in my artwork. Um, and I think you've got to be, you've got to be confident in your artwork because no one else is going to be. <clears throat> so if, if I have any arrogance, it's going to be around that. I'm only saying that as a disclaimer before, like, I say this next point and sound really arrogant. But yeah, that there's other parts, like the fact that it's hand-drawn, the fact that the scale, all these things are to do with engagement, like, right at the base of them. And they're also to do with, like, how people perceive art. Um, I don't think artwork has to be drawn. I don't think artwork has to be done. Artwork can be immediate, it can be anything. Like, the stuff I did... I used to write, like, the, the, I used to write dyslexic poetry, you know what I mean, and do that kind of, that kind of thing, uh, and it totally changed. It's there for a reason, it's big, it's totally in your face, um, it's hand-drawn, it's layered, and all these things are to do, to do with that language again, the language of me as an artist, and that, and that's that mimicking that whole, like, that idea of that artist on a pedestal, like one of the old masters, and it is mimicry, because I know I'm not as good as, as Michelangelo or anything like that, but, um, that is because so anyone, the fact that it's hand-drawn, the fact that it's, it's quite uh, figurative, so anyone's grand can come in and see and, and recognise that as being art. It doesn't just be, it's not just purely talking to people in the art world, it's recognisable outside of that. The language in it is recognisable. Even if people aren't aware of that, that language, it's still recognisable as being a work of art and not being um, something that could be going to sit in between, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it sounds, well, your work is very digestible yeah. because immediately you look at the work and you can tell it's strong. There's writing in there. I can digest language because I have an understanding yeah. of language. Um, and, then, and then obviously all of it together instantly makes one imagine how, how yeah, yourself yeah. creates it. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the plaster ball, which you've drawn on. You can see that it's screwed into the wall. And uh, all of it is, the language is as clear as it can be. Um, but when, when you do think about maybe some conceptual artworks or yeah. some artworks where there's clearly a lot of thought that's gone into it and a lot of maybe heavy concepts that are yeah. going into it. But it's, far too, it's far too ambiguous for, uh, for even people who are learned in art to get a lot of the time. Like, let's face it, I go around and my partner is not an artist, um, and she's. And even my brother might be a better example because he said he hates art. But if I went on the bollock with him and he would, he would go like, "What does that mean to us?" and I hear that question, I was like, "I don't know." You know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I want to give people something 
because obviously a lot of the time I'll go see artwork and I won't realise what's in my head. I think the girls who do the hair artwork have said something really good on that. They went away and they were like, they said about actually my work and they were like, they didn't get it at the time when they walked away and then they realised that I feel that way about all of it. Like sometimes, if I'm a slow processor, I'm just like a six slow processor. So a lot of the time I'll, I'll go away and I'll say, that's actually what I think about it. But that question and that, that demand of all oh, I think it's too much to expect of people a lot of the time. Like it depends what you want out of your own artwork. If you want people to get it, then it's too high a demand. Like sorry, like but the, the, the fact is the artist probably doesn't care about that. And yeah. It's really interesting because there's a lot of talk about how, you know, art shouldn't just be for the elites. Yeah. It shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, causing the everyday person off. But sometimes when you look at a piece of work, if there's a barrier there, I mean, look, it's understandable. Sometimes, like, you yeah. know, most people who've seen your, your piece and then it, it took a while for it to digest. If, if anything, that's worked because it's, it's, it's allowed the mind to be able to collect it. Yeah, I've given, them enough, I've given them enough silent signals for them to run. How dare I try to demand they process it there on the spot? And if they did, then it probably wouldn't be that much of a conversation. It would probably be a statement. But like a bouncy, you know what I mean? It's quite, and as much like Banksy, you might like Banksy as being the kind of statement and art, but the artwork itself, if you digest, only takes about five seconds. Like, it's there, it's immediate. Um, but it wasn't that kind of thing, it was like, it's, it's, I'm more kind of talking about uh, work that's overly vague and kind of thinking of stuff that's, yeah, and the bollocks are really good ones to talk about in this area for us. Because although they do loads of good shows, there's quite a lot of vague shows that you go to them and it's like, a lot of the time when I say I went with my brother and he goes, what does that mean? I was like, I'd probably say not that much. Not that much at all. Um, probably the artist, it doesn't mean that much to the artist either. They've just worked out a trick of something that sells for them and they've went with it. That sounds very cynical. But I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, other than the politics, I'm totally fine with being that cynical about, about artists. Um, and I'm, a lot of the time, artists with big budgets know how to play the game, probably. Know how to get the funding applications and everything else like that. I'm probably better at writing an application than making artwork a lot of the time. Oh no, no, the the work's really slick. Like that's I'll take that on that. Because the normally is really slick and really well polished. So sometimes there isn't that much to digest, mm. and that's why it looks overly vague because there isn't that much language there to start with. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's uh, you know it's it's, it's essentially how do artists um be in the art world, how, how do they be in the art world, how do they create work and how do they connect with those that will project their work to, to audiences. Yeah. Um, I mean it's kind of soul destroying, um, I mean at the minute I got out, one of the other things like the language of the plasterboard, another one that is, is I use that because the, the idea of that as being a sellable object, it's not a sellable object and that's why I went there and it was it was really was like a statement that I went to immediate after I left Goldsmith, so I'm going to make it on a waste product, I'm going to make it on something that's got no value, so I'm going to put this big statement, I'm going to do all this labour of stuff on this, this this material that automatically takes the value away. Now the irony is that in the art world that that it doesn't matter what you put your work on, it can be sold, somebody sold a banana for, which should disappear, so a lot of it is about money moving around the table. Um, and that's the top edge echelons. But even in mine as well, like I have sold work on plastic art, it's not like it's unsellable. Um, but that was the statement that I came out with Goldsmiths, and it was that backlash of, it was totally against 
against the art world at the time. It was like, I'm sick of seeing um, crap sell for millions. Like, um, and I wanted to just be, and I was a little rebel back then. <laughs> I didn't do myself any favours, but yeah, it was like, and that's where it kind of came from with the plastic board as well. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't see anything wrong in terms of uh, taking taking some kind of a stand and, yeah. and, and pro- project, projecting a um, a position yeah. of where where you, you are in terms of the world that you're you're responding to, which is the art world. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was very interested in like artists like Stuart Holmes and like the art strikes and all those kind of things. Um, I'm not familiar with that. Um, I've tried to send some stuff on, but it was more kind of the idea around the art, art strikes and the, a lot of the writing that came around that time, I think it was the letterists, um, who were kind of after the stuckists and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, and it was that kind of, it was just anti-art, and I, I don't really think I'm anti-art, and I don't think art is dead, those are the two terms that, like, um, I kind of want there to be hope. I think there is. I think there is. I think we just got to live in an age where we don't really need to have something that's being like, have a massive title over it, um, or be part of a movement. I think the age of movements is kind of dead, and it has been dead for 20 years now. Like, I can't think of any movement that's happened since the YBAs, if I'm totally honest. It's, it's, it's one of those things, it's hard to know if there, if there is a movement that isn't, that isn't really being brought to the forefront. Or whether it's a case of is it globalization that yeah, just completely yeah. eradicate the possibility of that because you know a group of artists together in one place you know don't can really have drop, that drop yeah, in the ocean in terms totally. of how many and again the comment about Instagram everyone's immediate so if there was a movement it would be gone ten seconds later because somebody's liked it and it's moved on to the next one uh, so there's this thing about um, I guess. Uh, Another me, another version of consumerism, yeah. which is you know, Missy Dog's got plenty of fish. Everyone's so consumed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. right, yeah, I've seen you. That's it. That just and you know, some people literally go to the extent of you know, um, objectifying people and and, and using and discarding. Yeah, yeah. And just disappearing. Like, yeah. So it's the same. Do you know the behavior? Yeah. Do you know the term straw dogs? And where that, that comes sounds from. familiar, but uh, there's a couple of films. There's a book by John Gray, and I think that's where I came across the term. Um, but like it was something like these tribe people have these like little straw dogs, and they put them on the mantelpiece, and they're the most important thing in the world. They like, worship them. Then the next week, they just throw them in the rubbish um, in the tip. And uh, a lot of the time, I kind of refer to that, and that's what I think about. And that's why it's throwaway, and that's what I'm talking about. Like as humans, we're so fatty. And we need things need to be like, um, so we'll put something on a pedestal and tell someone, and we do it with people as well, and it's quite horrible. Tell people they're brilliant, and then the next week was we're absolutely pulling, pulling to pieces and putting them in the dirt. So, um, yeah, so fickle, but yeah, that is kind of that's one of the things I've, I've read about it as well. And I don't know why, but we are quite like that as humans, like, I don't know, uh, and I'm rebelling against that as well. I wonder if there's maybe an element of uh. You know, group think, or you know, um, you know how how we are social creatures, and yeah. you know, whatever whatever the, the the collective is is kind of aimed at. We have to, we have to, or we feel compelled to direct our yeah. attention that way because yeah. I don't know if it's a survival thing. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, it totally will be like conform, conformity. What it is. Um, yeah, and that's another one with the internet. This is only a smaller one. Uh, it's a bit of a fear. I've got a little bit of a fear for um, 
everyone's a celebrity other than the agent. Everyone portrays their life and has avatars um, online of themselves and like and projects them out an idea of what their life is, which is probably a lie. It's generally even mine is, you know what I mean? I posted pictures of my Christmas like uh, Christmas tree and like the latest like image of what I want the world to see. Um, but I do wonder what that does to our psychology and I wonder what that does to our, our brain and the way we create. Like I think we live in an age that um, we, we, we haven't evolved fast enough. Like technology has evolved faster than the human mind has evolved. And I think we're, we're way behind and we're actually damaging ourselves by going on these things. Like, um, and like, yeah, it was so superficial and uh, we're burning the planet to a crisp and it, because we can't get over the level of our own self-importance. And I know that's like that goes right back to a religious thing because we've, we've taught the world for, for generations that we are the centre of the universe. Um, and we really aren't. That is another point. I'm quite anti-human. Not anti-human, like anti-human. Um, like, like, I need the idea that we are the centre of the universe. I need that we're important. We're not important. We're a part of nature. We're part of the world. We're just a mixture of atoms. We're chaos. Like, we're, we're molecules held together. Um, so, yeah. That's one of the things as well. I want this humans to realise what well, they're not that important. And if we are important, it's doing creative things that makes us important. It's not making money. It's not um, the ideas of success that we want to tie. It's like what makes us fascinating as a species is yes, those buildings and architectures like amazing and like all those kind of the art kind of things. The fact that we are recording history and the fact that we are making history and uh, history wouldn't really exist if it wasn't for Time wouldn't really exist if it wasn't for humans because we're recording it. If you didn't record it, would time really matter? Does it matter? Um, and those are the kind of massive questions I'm asking in my work, but I've got an answer. Sorry for swearing. But, no, no, uh, it's, uh, it uh, sounds like you've, you've obviously been able to connect a lot of societal, psychological, uh, really the human condition yeah. in terms of not just, I guess, historical context, but also in the current context yeah. and you know I have spoken to people about I guess the social media age and yeah. the impact of that psychologically um, I think it's even, even before I mean, think even from the 80s like, and we were, we were a product of that but yeah yeah, um, it's been since then we've been pushed and on this kind of burn everything we want something fast, we want something now. Like even iPhones were used a couple of years ago. Like the fact that you you get a new phone every single two two years. Um, IKEA furniture is another display that we make things that throw away. We make uh, sustainability and capitalism don't go hand in hand. Um, and unfortunately, we need to make things that are sustainable to sustain the planet. Um, yeah, those are but those are. I don't know how much I tackle that, but it's definitely in there. Um, well, I guess you know. How much can you communicate in one piece? You know, this is why you know yeah. potentially you could film your entire life so yeah. to, to be able to communicate each and yeah. every idea. So yeah. it's digestible. Yeah. That, you know, we're quite simple creatures in terms yeah. of how much we can handle. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in going back a little bit now, Stuart, in terms of uh, who, what brought you to the arts? What, how, how did you? Yes, find yourself in Goldsmiths and, and where you are today. Like, who was that person prior to um, this person? Uh, <clears throat> really, I'm, I'm, I'm quite heavily dyslexic. I went to a, um, a specialist school when I was younger. Um, and it was one of those kind of things. And I always say this, and 
and I, I say this quite openly as well because I think a lot of authors should be a bit more open about this kind of thing. Um, I'm very opinionated as well. I'm realising as I'm talking. <laughs> but we, we make artwork and generally you've made artwork because somebody at one point has told you that you've got it or that you've achieved something or that they like it. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm never going to be as naive to say like if you're talking about the little child me as at the beginning of an artist probably did a drawing for for somebody and the, the photo was good and it was probably that little dyslexic boy who probably at school didn't get told he was good at much you know what I mean um, I was really good at sport but that wasn't until I got older so yeah that's probably where it all comes from um, now these other side of it it's like I think quite a lot and quite deeply about the world um, and I need to put it somewhere um, and like I always have I've always wanted to tackle the, the big questions and I'm not saying like, I'm that makes us intelligent or it doesn't make us intelligent it's just I need to tackle those questions um, I don't know why um, I've always been fascinated by the, the big questions in life and um, and wanted to find maybe not answers because I don't really believe in answers I don't really believe in facts I kind of believe like things progress and move like um, knowledge is a fluid thing it's not a finite thing um, facts aren't finite um, facts change and and we get disproven. Um, so yeah, I kind of yeah, and I don't know why, I, but that is, I'm always interested in that. There was also the other side um, of I don't know where I go when I draw a lot of the time, um, and that's not particularly about drawing, and not so much about other artwork, but a lot of the time my mind goes off, and uh, I'm not thinking about the line I'm putting on. I'm thinking about the line on the down the road I'm thinking about so if I'm doing this I'm not really even thinking about this I'm not working anything out because it's so um, instinctive towards us now like um, yeah like I'm thinking about that while I'm doing the lines on this if that makes any sense so I'm thinking about the words I'm going to put in there and I'm um, yeah so <laughs> when you ask us who I was I don't know but those are some of the probably the ideas that say it sounds like complete intuition like yeah. you, you You've made the mark, not, you've already decided that mark exists and yeah, moving on yeah. to the next mark. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, fascinating. I love these concepts that you that I guess that you're, you're kind of circling in your mind. Yeah. And, you know, you said before, you think it's a good thing about processing it through through speaking. And yeah. I think there's, there's a really powerful thing in that, especially when we're living in a time where um, policing of language is, is a big thing or yeah. people feeling like they can't say whatever it is that's on their mind to the fullest extent and, yeah. um, and I know you were saying cancel culture that kind of thing there's that know. yeah but, but there's also I guess the, the case of yeah people being afraid to, to to say something in case of being misinterpreted or um, it's it's a big thing and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily all down to um, you know cancel culture or um, uh, necessarily politics, unfortunately, cancel culture generally is talk about the wing that I don't align with. Um, and do believe in freedom of speech? Yes, I believe in freedom of speech, but I don't believe that the freedom of one person's speech should be able to oppress somebody else. Um, I believe in the liberal world, I think everyone should be equal and all those kind of things. Um, but and I'm never scared of speaking my mind as well. And, but it is one of those things. I don't think I've got that in us. I've got verbal diarrhea, I think, a little bit. Um, I don't really worry about it. Like, a lot of the time, I've talked about work in the past and talked about it from a masculine point of view. Now, a lot of people would shy away from that. But I'm not 
wrestling something you might talk about something about where it would be masculine and about seeing the work between the different elements of being feminine and masculine and those kind of things. But a lot of people have shied away from those conversations and like I'm not doing anything wrong by talking about them. That it's it's a fact that it's there. Um, to deny it is to deny the language that is there. To deny what's going on, um, and that's just an example. I could have used something else, but that was the first one that fell into my head. Um, because I, I, I to tackle those bigger questions, I'm really not fearful of. Um, I would be in the conversation, and like I said, I do try to pull politics out of it. Um, but that's just to not chase people away. I'm not really fearful about saying something, if that makes any sense. Um, I don't want to align myself with any political party or any kind of politics. Uh, but that's more about not chasing people away and rather than I'm too scared to, to voice my opinions. Um, I have seen artwork that's really good in the past, but it is about, um, and I do feel like a goldsmith's another one going back to. Um, there was a lot of artists who, who were terrified, terrified of having their minds went into and dug into, like, sort of do stuff and they would show work in a certain way. And it's very obvious that you're really showing that way to you're hiding, you're hiding your work, you're hiding your opinions, you're hiding it. And there is that fearful of what somebody's going to, fear of rejection, I guess. I think that's probably what you're kind of. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And, and it's something that. You know, I've, I've noticed in all kinds of people, which is, um, you know, whether it's a case of um, someone who comes across that, you know, that they're not fearful of, of saying what, what they want to say, but, but noticing that a lot of words that they do say sound as if they've been taken off. I don't know, if, if you're able to, to create a word cloud of, of the words that are coming out of social media at the moment, yeah. um, you can spot some people who are using all of those words within everyday language as opposed to using their own words and, and yeah, creating yeah, their yeah. own sentences and their own thoughts. Yeah. Um, so those words. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like you, you, you can spot them when you hear them. And yeah. uh, it's it's really interesting. And, uh, and that, that's why, you know, I, I'm all really words, Art world's full of that. The psychology world's full of that. Uh, yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that idea of, um, and it probably comes from who I am. I hate that um, people feel like they have to talk in this kind of language that not everyone can access. And they, they kind of put themselves in this like, group and it's, I'm more intelligent than you because do that. But actually, no, what you're doing is really stupid because you're misusing language. To use languages to have um, any form of languages to, to be heard is to communicate. Now, if you're using a set of language and words that the other person isn't quite able to access, then really you're not saying anything. So you're the one who's being foolish, not the person who's understanding. Always make sure that your point should be able to be come across to whoever you're talking to. And that's an intelligent person knows how to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's your point, but that's no, kind of what I got from it. Fascinating what you're, saying. Uh, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. And uh, something I, I wanted to dive in with you a little bit is, because um, obviously you mentioned about this piece here, and you mentioned a little bit about the past and, and where, yeah. you know, this idea of you know someone said something and then it's kind of caused this sort of trajectory. Um, I'm interested to kind of uh, ask you, where do you feel that your artwork is taking you? I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, nowhere. Quite often the road to nowhere. Uh, I, I, I really 
love the talking heads and that's I, I don't know like um I'm very ambitious with it uh, but I'm also very realistic um I know there's 101 artists out there I know a lot of people a lot of quite big people like my work and I don't know if you're really talking about it like how do you see your work progression because I don't know that at all um because of it being chaotic I don't know what my next piece is going to be um I know this one's the one I'm working on at the moment. I will kind of finish it, and then I've got the cat that spins around on the in the background. And like, and I know the areas I'm exploring is about space and about how we use the gallery space. That's like, and how we talk through the subconscious and how positioning the work. But that's been that's been another concept that I've been talking for about ten years. Um, it's about like how we put work and and the fact that people move around it, and that's that, that's got the language to itself. And those are the kind of the areas I'm tackling. So if it's like, how do you see your artwork progressing? My answer to that. Me as an artist, how do you see me progressing as an artist? Um, I think I really don't know. That's up to other people. Um, if I'm totally honest, I'm as vicious as hell. I send off a lot of applications and a lot of to a lot of big things at the moment as well because I've been asked and I've, I've been I've been noticed if that makes any sense. But I'm still not there. I'm still. Um, Still a relatively small artist. Like, um, yeah, I'm going to take over the world in five years. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But, um, yeah, um, so to other so people. But yeah, another one I would say if I was given it, well, I do, I'm doing a residency at uh, this school at the moment, so I'm, I'm advising young people on how to go forward. One of the things I say is never think you're bigger than anything else in the art world. Um, one of the things that works well for me is keeping your CV full. Um, you can choose to bump things off at any point. Never think that show is too big, and never think that show if you're going to show your work that it's going to end your career. Because I think that I've done a couple of shows, small shows, and I was like, "Oh, I've been tied to this gallery. They've done this, blah blah blah, blah and no one's going to touch us over again." Simply not true. Um, like I said, we're fickle. We forget everything. Um, we're keeping a full CV. Um, know your work and know that being being approachable and talk about your work and letting other people talk about your work. Another point as well. A kind of big thing is, although this is really good for me, I don't know how good it is to sit and talk about my work. A lot of time, um, I'm a big time believer in that you you put enough into your work that you have to take yourself away, and you have to trust that you're good enough as an artist to, to take yourself away. And also as well, allow people to go off on a tangent and go somewhere else. Um, and that's very important to me as an artist, that I don't know, but once you put your work in the public domain, you kind of, your ownership of it kind of, you don't own it while it's in the public domain. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, you know, I, I am all really interested in this idea of actually you create a piece of work and although you may think you know what it yeah. means, you may look at it yeah. 10 years time ago, it meant something completely different and there's a whole yeah. whole underground uh, theme. So it was really, yeah, yeah. Um, and that used to really frustrate me back, back when I left university, but now I'm like, you've got to accept it. And you've got to be like one with that and like happy with it and encourage it because you as being that person who likes art in the past, I have to, I don't read I don't read the blurb until after I've looked at the artwork. I generally go around and have the artwork and I take the blurb away with us and then like I said about that process and stuff, I generally read it like on the way home, like say I was getting a bus and read on the bus, so I'd come to the studio and set me with the blurb then and then formulate my my thoughts. Um, but at the time of the work I've just literally go with the visual language and a lot of the time I don't get it. Yeah. A lot of the time I'm, I'm way off. But yeah. I think that's incredibly liberating because yeah. 
when you do that, you're taking ownership of the interpretation yeah. as opposed to, you know, <laughs> go back to government and stuff. Just listening to what the government says yeah. and just taking that face hard as opposed to, you know, um, just digesting the whole thing as it is and how understanding the theatre, understanding the theatre of the moment and all those kind of things. Yeah, uh, and with the government, I think the theatre term works quite well. Understand the theatre that is public, public speaking. Okay. Um, I have one last question, which is something I've asked everybody before, yeah. which is um, if you could change just one thing about the world, what would it be? Um, it's quite a lot of change about the world. Um, to start with, I'd, I'd probably just take down capitalism. I'd probably collapse on society <laughs> and start again. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we would. This formula of capitalism. I would take away capitalism. I think I'd take away money um, and have this, yeah, trade beans or something like that. But definitely money. I would. I would take away. The one percent and money and start again, um, and then a bit of hope that we're not going to be as selfish next time around setting up a society. Because um, it's not fair. Uh, the The world's probably gonna the, the human world is probably going to be pretty much get harder to live in year by year. Um, but we can see that. We can even see that like the the winds that we were having the other night. I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life. I'm thirty, but like, you know what I mean. I've never experienced weather like that in the UK when I was looking out the window I was like this looks like something I've seen in, in films of like tropical storms and stuff like that that's what it looked like um, and that is because of what we're doing to the world and that is because of big business and yeah I'll get rid of them get rid of them all I'm not going to say stick to an island just take the wealth from them um, and big business yeah, I do care about the planet. I don't want there to be nothing. I kind of want to leave a legacy. But is there anybody going to be around to even look at that legacy? Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really okay. good. Uh, I love Marvel. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about my approval or anything. It's, uh, it's just interesting. Um, I guess the thoughts are so readily in mind. You know, yeah. Because that, that is a question that, you know, a lot of people maybe on, on the street if you just ask the person on the street, oh, um, well, know. I wasn't there to start with. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm, I've, I've got like, I'm definitely an angry person, <laughs> so I'm ready to snap at any moment, and I know what I'm angry about, and that's one of the things I'm angry about. Um, I'm very angry. I'm very angry with like the arrogance of man. I'm not getting caught in Lord of the Rings there, but yeah, um, we are very arrogant species, and we've done a lot of damage, and we're we're, we're, we're still doing it. We're not learning the lessons and. You can hear in my voice, I'm like, um, so it's ready underneath the surface. All this stuff as well, like, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm a thinker, I might not be right, but I, I think all the time, I'm quite a deep, like, um, You know, John Lydon said, uh, yeah. Johnny Ron, yeah. um, anger is an energy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you've got to utilise it, um, but yeah, like, right, however, like, nothing's, nothing's going to change unless you're not going to or like, out of Camus, like, um, the... All those quotes it's used in quite a lot of my work as well. Like um, and a lot of them, it's about rebellion. Um, and like where I came from. I mean, I'm not so much of a rebel now, but the fact that some plastic ball is it was an act of rebellion. Um, my statement against the art world is is a rebellion. It's a rebellion of the institutions that I'm a part of, and I understand I'm a part of them. Um, 
but that is fueled by an anger. And I do think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You do need to be channeling, channeling your anger rather than let it take over. But there's nothing wrong. We have emotions for a reason, and there's nothing wrong with your emotions. Um, there might be uh, uh, problems with the behavior that comes out of those emotions. But to make angry artwork, go for it. Like, yeah. And when it's against that 1% and that kind of, the need, the need of talent. <laughs> yeah. To go back to the jolly self, the need yeah. of talent. Yeah. 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 Um, just for anybody who's listening, uh, where can they find you your work? Uh, one of the best places, like I said, even though going against everything I've said, um, it's probably Instagram, and that's Stuart underscore Mel underscore Wilson. So that's like, and you can put that in there. Also, my uh, email, my website is stuartmelwilson.net, I think. But yeah, um, and they're probably the two best places to, and you can contact us. It's a public account, so people can go on either one of them and contact me directly through them. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank no, actually, really well, thank you very much. It's been yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's nice talking to you. Nice to meet you.